0: guys welcome back you're listening to another episode of the gimme podcast i'm your host and resident horse girl kathleen Demarle. i'm uh very excited for this week's guest when i thought of this podcast she was one of the first people i wanted to interview uh we have on emily Ruskowski this week hey emily hi how are you doing in quarantine I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? You know, a little, getting a little bored, but not uh-huh. too bad. You must still be working though, right?
1: Yes. Okay. I am. We've been working remotely. We never stopped. Yeah. Um, it's very different doing everything remotely. We had some sort of technology hiccups we had to get worked out and we had to get telehealth software. Okay. Which was a process and learn how to use it and get all our clients to learn how to use it. So we're all on that and and plug it away and eventually we're gonna go back to doing home visits with uh face shields on oh my god
0: so you're gonna have to like wear a face shield and like masks and gloves and, go into and- people- oh.
1: like i'm in a hazmat suit oh <laughs> my god that's insane that's crazy yeah that's gonna be a lot i'm i'm not super ex- i'm excited to see my clients face to face again yeah i'm not super excited about suiting up but you got to do what you got to do
0: yeah i mean it's it's insane to like go to a restaurant and see servers and face shields i can only imagine what it's gonna be like going like on a home visit and having to wear a face shield
1: yeah i think it's it's gonna be weird um but you know like our our friends who are on the medical side have been doing it the whole time the whole so time. we might as well catch up
0: yeah <laughs> so uh i don't know if you know this about me but i was a, a horse girl growing up how could
1: i you were, the, you were the horse girl growing up.
0: Yeah, apparently some people didn't know that. They were like shocked. I was like, I thought I gave off that energy. But you were my other favorite part of another favorite fandom. You were really into boy bands, right? I don't know why you say were.
1: Because you still are. I've never, I have, a, I have my vintage New Kids on the Block poster on my wall across from me right now, still. So I, I have always been a boy band girl. I will always be a boy band girl. And
0: when did you, what's like your earliest memory of being into boy
1: bands? So I was trying to think of that earlier because I figured we would chat about it. And so I, my first love obviously was new kids. um, But there, I think Hangin' Tough came out in like 89. Okay. So I was four or five. So I was trying to think of like where, like my parents didn't, you know, listen to boy bands yeah i imagine maybe we heard it It was all over you know kiss 108 all the time so i'm sure i heard new kids on the radio but i also wonder if it and i can't specifically remember the new kids memory with this but i had this like the world's coolest babysitter okay when i was that age sam lopez uh she was like quintessential late 80s early 90s girl like Bleach blonde, teased up bangs in the scrunchie with the huge ponytail oh. and like the, you know, the slouch, the scrunchie socks and the, just everything. She was like the coolest person I'd ever seen in my whole life. Yeah. And she used to let me watch MTV with her. Okay. And so I'm wondering if that's probably when, because I probably wouldn't have made the jump from like music to like, I need the posters, I need the this, I need, unless I knew like, Oh, these are cute teenage boys. Yeah. And that cool thing I should be into at, you know, five, five. yeah. But I think my, my cool, I think my cool babysitter was into that. So I was like, I am too. And my parents indulged me and bought me the hanging tough tape. And then the step-by-step tape when that one came out. And then I had the sleeping bag and the sheets and the giant button of Jordan Knight still have that. And the doll, the Jordan Knight doll, which I just passed down to my baby niece. She doesn't know to appreciate Wait, it yet, but you, I have a baby niece. I did.
0: You gave up like I a nice a piece of merchandise to your baby niece.
1: She can't have it yet. It's put away with my sister's Spice Girls dolls for her. Okay. So that when she's old enough and wants to play with dolls, she will have super cool ones. Okay. So she has the Spice Girls dolls and Jordan Knight. That she'll have waiting for her when she's a little older. She's like five months old now, so she doesn't know yet. She still has some time, but we have to indoctrinate her into the boy band lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's actually funny though that you mentioned the babysitter because I'm thinking about it, and I got into Greece because of one of my babysitters.
1: Yeah, I think a cool babe, like a cool hip teenage girl babysitter. Yes. I think has a lot of influence on little girls like because that's because your parent you know like your mom's a role model and the women in your life but a lot of them like I didn't have older cousins and stuff like that so like the first like cool teenage girl I knew was Sam Lopez my super cool amazing babysitter and so I was like I like whatever Sam likes whatever Sam likes I like because she's great and I'm gonna be just like Sam
0: Okay. And so, New Kids on the Block is, like, your your favorite boy band,
1: would you say? So, they were my first love. Okay. And I think, yeah, I think the nostalgia is there. Like, I love Backstreet Boys. I love NSYNC, But, like, I love all boy bands because I just, I love the formula. I just think they're so fun. Yeah. Um, and their music's so, like, poppy and fun. And, but I, yeah, New Kids was my, you know, your first, you've, my first, like, thing Yeah, I was obsessed with and, like, had to have all the merch and listen to it. I also listen to music a lot in the car because I've always gotten car sick. Okay. So since I was like four or five, I got the tape and I never didn't have headphones on in the car from like when I was four or five up until, you know, pre- even present. If I'm not driving, I have to have headphones on or I, I get sick. So I think that was part of the obsession is like, I'm listening to it every day. and Yeah. And did your parents get sick of you? Like, Listening to new kids on the block on repeat. Oh no, they were so, they were so good about it. My, you know, like I think my dad had to wait in line to get the doll and the sleeping bag. And like, they just, you know, I had a framed poster above my bed and like they were, they were very cool with it and let us like, like whatever we liked, you know? And uh, they were more generous than they had to be because in the car, I didn't realize until I was like probably 10 or 11 I thought if you had headphones on and you sang, no one could hear you. Oh, yeah. So I was singing out loud in the car and I'm a a very, very bad singer. And I was probably even worse at five or six when I didn't know all the words. You know, like you do that little like mumble sing and every car ride for probably, you know, six or seven, probably every car ride for at least four or five years was me just mumble singing and they were just like, whatever, let her do it.
0: Better than a lot of things you could be doing at that age, I guess. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have at least – you said you like all boy bands, but there has to be, like, a boy band that you don't like. I was never super into 98
1: Degrees.
0: I was going to ask you about your opinion on 98 Degrees. I
1: like them, but they were never – I was – my my main one, so new kids through and through. Yep. Um, and then this is going to say – I liked boys to men – was never, they were more, and this may have been just like the music industry's like weird like racial divides of what constituted what genre. Sure. Because New Edition was very much a boy band. They were like, the original boy band was New Edition. Right. Spawned New Kids on the Block, which spawned Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, which spawned O-Town, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But they're always considered like, oh no, they're R&B, they're hip hop. And I think Boys to Men was always considered like R&B and not and they and their music was a But they had some, like, kind of, like, funner, upbeat yeah. sort of... They had the matching outfits. Um, so I really liked them. I... Yeah, 98 Degrees was never... I was never hugely into 98 Degrees or LFO. Okay. But I loved, like... In middle school, it was Backstreet Boys and then NSYNC and then O-Town. And those were my... What about Hanson? Would you consider Hanson a boy band? Yeah, they are. So Hanson is... I almost I want to say, Hanson is a little different because they play their own instruments. Ninety Eight Degrees is different too because they formed themselves. Oh, they formed themselves. I didn't even know yeah, that. Yeah, Ninety Eight Degrees is not. And um, Boys to Men were not formed by Lou Pearlman either. So oh. Mary Starr formed um, New Edition, and then New Kids, and then inspired by that, Lou Pearlman formed uh, Backstreet Boys and Sync, O Town. Um, i don 't remember if I think l f o formed themselves and i think and I know ninety eight degrees did, and I think boys to men did as well yeah i 'm not exactly sure but i I sort of like the f- and Hansen obviously formed themselves and did their own thing and played instruments, yeah, so I was always like i also for a good long time thought Taylor Hansen was a girl, so I was like, this is not a boy band in any And then I was like, oh, it would be cool to be Taylor Hanson and have like two brothers and we're all musical and we travel the country together singing. And I was like, oh, that's a boy. And I was like, it's too late. I've already in my mind decided they're not a boy band because I thought their lead singer was a girl. And so I I counted them out.
0: I mean, Taylor, I guess I could see that happening. I did look them up today and one of them did look at first I did a double take because I thought one of them was a woman and then I was like, oh, no, 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 that's that
1: they're all no, they're brothers all, Taylor Hansen is, is a beautiful yeah. Human being. yeah a lovely person I saw them Jan I was Janet McNamara and uh and Vanessa and Marielle and a bunch of like a few of us all went to go see uh Hanson yeah and it, was, it was really fun so Janet Janet's always been the Hanson girl I was I didn't think of them as a boy band because I thought Taylor was a girl and I was very rigid. I was not an S Club Seven girl. I was like, there are boy bands and there are girl bands, and we do not mix the two. Oh, so like you I don't, I don't know. I was very rigid in my band thinking. I don't know why. I'm very I'm not like that now. Wait but back then I was like you're a girl band or you're a boy band. You can't be both
0: S Club Seven. So, but were you fan a fan of all girl bands, like the Spice
1: Girls? My sister loved Spice Girls. I was never into Spice Girls. Okay. I don't know. I think it was because I was boy crazy when I was young. And so I was like, I just want cute boys singing to me. That's fair. I think that was, that was my deal. (laughs) Now. As boy crazy then, as I am not at all boy crazy now. That's true. big 180. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Whatever. But I kept boy bands. They're not going anywhere.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you were talking about some of your merch earlier. Do you, that you own, do you still
1: have a lot of boy band merch? So I have the new kids poster in my room. I kept the giant button because it was so cute. I have the sheets still that I wanted to, like, make into, like, I, I had a, I fancied this idea of, like, making them into a cute, a cool, like, outfit. Like, making a, a cute little, like, skater dress out yes. of them. I might still do that. I know some seamstresses, so I might still make that happen, like, for, you know, when I do shows that are, like, variety shows or burlesque shows. Sure. That have on And you can wear the funnest thing you own. Yeah. So I, I fancied that I had my biggest merch regret Okay, is I had from Spencer gifts and it was really expensive. I got it like maybe 99 or 2000 for a Christmas present. And it was like $90 then. And it was from Spencer gifts and it was a denim jacket with a red Backstreet Boys patch. And I think I gave it to Goodwill when I was in college and I was like, I'm done with the Backstreet Boys and I, I wish I still had it because it was really cool, but it's, it's lost to the ages now.
0: You had, did you, so you had like a rebellious phase where you're like, I'm done with boy bands. No. So
1: I was done with Backstreet Boys. I got, yeah, I got really into 80s hair bands in high school. Okay. And like later high school. I think because I got a car and it was so much more fun to drive. Like I wanted to look cool driving. Yeah. And so I thought like I'd look cooler driving because people in my school were not into boy bands the way I was. Sure. And so I always was like oh 80s hair bands also another thing they were not into at all. Yeah, but you look
0: cool like with your windows yeah. down rocking out to some 80s hair Yeah, bands. I thought if I
1: listen to Bon Jovi really loudly I'm cool. And then I just loved Bon Jovi for a long time. Not in the way I loved the boy bands. I wasn't but they were my favorite band for a good while. So I turned in the Backstreet Boys for Bon Jovi. For Bon jo- I also at that time I'd heard the Backstreet Boys like wouldn't meet a Make-A-Wish kid, and so I was like, I'm not going to support them financially, and so I like stopped buying their stuff. But then I also realized, as an adult, I was like, they didn't decide that. Like someone, it didn't fit their schedule, and someone on their management team decided that. Right. And I guess they still. My understanding is when they come to Boston, they still visit the Children's Hospital here. I think so. They go to Boston Children's to meet kids, and they'd done that back in the '90s when they were big early in the early early aughts. Yeah near the height of their fame they'd go to children's hospitals in the city and like meet kids and i just remember thinking when they went this past time i remember thinking them going in being like it's us the backstreet boys we've returned and all the kids being like who are you and then all the nurses being like oh my god (laughs) and then being like 90s cancer kids were way more appreciative (laughs)
0: Well, that's true because if you're a, in a cancer patient center and you're a child, you're like, who is this? What they have to be you know, like 40. Yeah, we don't know these people. Where's Where are the YouTubers? Where's the TikTok people? Uh, where's
1: Jojo Siwa? You know? Jojo Siwa?
0: <laughs> like, that's what's big now.
1: Yeah, the Backstreet Boys have been upstaged by Jojo Siwa and yeah. among hospitalized children. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay so do you
0: listen to any i feel like now there's fewer like typical boy bands and i think that the all boy band groups have moved to like k-pop do you listen to any k-pop
1: so i don't listen you know what it's not fair so i liked the last big boy band i liked was one direction okay but i went to one of their concerts with my friend at gillette stadium and in the parking lot like two lost teenage girls asked us to help them find their parents And that's when I was like, we're too old to be here. Because you know, when you get lost and like when you're little, you're like, if you're lost, find a mom. Find someone who's like a mom and she'll help you find your parents. And so I was like, they think we're someone's, we're like the safe adults. They think, I mean, we helped them find their parents. We're not going to leave them there. But but I was like, we're too old to be at this concert. Well,
0: so I'm thinking back, I didn't go to any concerts as a kid, I wasn't allowed to, but. I'm thinking back to like, oh, all, tragic. I know it, it. I I think it was because my parents didn't want to have to chaperone like a concert. Yeah. So, did either of your parents ever get stuck like chaperoning, or did you go to any concerts
1: as a kid? So the boy band concert I went to when I was young was NSYNC. Okay, and good choice. I was in middle school, thank you. My friend and my parents kind of got like totally hosed. So they, my friend. Christina I think her name was her she had an older sister who was like 24 or something and we were like 12 and so her older sister was like I'll take Christina and her friends to the concert each parent you just pay for the ticket and then but each parent had to chip in like $200 for each kid so it was like the tickets and then they they rented a limo to bring us all there because the sister didn't want to drive okay and we had to pay for the sister's ticket but each parent each kid had to pay $200 but my little sister wanted to go, too. Oh,
0: man. And so my
1: parents had to pay $400. And when I tell you we were... So is that at the Fleet Center, the garden. Was, yep. yep. It was the Fleet Center at the time. Yep. And so we were in, like, side-obstructed view, last balcony row against the wall. Those tickets could not have been more than, like, 40 At that time, I think on the ticket it said, like, $35 or $40. Yeah, yeah. Like, she bought the absolute cheapest possible seats there, she had to have pocketed the money
0: and this was the mother of the friend that you went with
1: no my her older sister her older sister she was like 24 so i think she just wanted to get paid to go to the yeah. concert yeah she, so she, she wanted all we were, yeah we rented this limo we were in the dead last obstructed view row and then my parents were like we're not doing this again because <laughs> it was like four hundred dollars in like 1997. that's like, like a th-
0: that's like a, a, a ooh, like a thousand dollars in today's money probably i mean it's, that's insane it was
1: huge money for like really crappy seats and so i think they were like don't ask us for this again because it was so much and i was like no no you're right that and so i think i didn't i didn't go to another concert until i was in high school but When I was in first grade, I went into school and this girl had a new kid's denim jacket on. And I was like, where did you get that? And she was like, I went to the concert last night. My mom took me. And I was like, I was like, you what? And so I like stewed about it all day. And when I got home, I like confronted my mother.
0: Okay. And was
1: like, there was a new kid's concert last night and you didn't take me. And she was so upset. She was like, oh my God. I didn't know. I didn't know there was a concert. And she, I was like, you knew, other moms knew. So how come they wouldn't tell one mom and not all the moms? So you knew and you didn't take me. And she was like, oh, that's not how things work, but oh, okay, I'm sorry." She was like, "Oh, there's no like mom notification thing that all moms get." Yeah. And so she was like, "Next time they tour, I promise I'll take you." And they broke up that year, 1991, after the step by step album, they broke up and so they didn't tour again until i lived down in dc okay and i called my mom so i was like 24 or something 23 and i called my mom and i was like hey new kids on the block are having a concert when i was six you promised you'd take me to the next concert you have to take me to this concert and she was like can't you just go with a friend and i was like no you promised you're going to the new kids concert Mm -hmm. with me I will fly home and we will go to the new kids concert together. And she was like, Oh my God, please don't make me do that. And I was like, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to ask if I can get a friend to go with me. Cause my friends weren't into new kids. Sure. I like, if I can get a friend to go with me. You're off the hook. But if I can't find a friend to go to the DC concert with me, I'm flying home and you and I are going to the new kids concert. And so my friend Molly wanted to go with me. And I think my mom was like, Molly's my favorite friend of yours. Like, Did she still so uh-huh. pay for the concert? No, I wasn't gonna have to oh, have her pay. You were just I was gonna make her go. So I went and I was like, all right, you're off the hook because Molly's going with me. Oh my so god. That was but I never yeah, so I really went to as an adult, I've gone to way more boy band concerts yeah. than as a kid. Because I've seen new kids probably five or six times now. I've seen Backstreet Boys three times. Um I saw One Direction once. But, yeah, I've seen O-Town a couple times. Now they're touring. Yeah. O-Town a couple times, minus Ashley Parker Angel.
0: I want to say there was a story you were telling in a green room, like, a few months before COVID, about... Did you go to an O-Town concert in, like, a bar with Kendra oh, Landsberg?
1: did. With my friend Amanda and with Kendra Landsberg. We went at, like, this sketchy... Kendra remember the name of the bar. Some, like, bar in, like lawrence i think yeah it was western mass right oh no no lawrence yeah and they turned the tvs off they like big tvs playing football and they did not it was some like irish bar like the Claddagh and jug or some shit right yeah so uh so we went there and they didn't turn the tvs off and i was like oh this is sad like, this is... I mean, people were there to see them, but they're a little big for their britches, too, because they were, like, you could buy, like, a VIP package where you get to stand on stage for a song and, like, what? take selfies with them. And then, like, if you wanted to get a picture with them after, you had to buy VIP. And it was, like, $500. And I was, like, oh town you gotta pump the brakes.
0: Well, and how many people... not 2001. And how many people are, like, at this bar? If it's at a bar, I can't imagine that it's, like, a, a large show.
1: No, it wasn't. It was, it was like... I would say the capacity was, like, a little bit bigger than Great Scott. R.I.P. Great Scott. You were the best place. Yeah. But, like, a kind of, like, just, like, a place like that. that had, they had a real music stage. So, it was, like, Great Scott, and then it was, like, set up for bands. Like, yeah. small local bands play there. Well, and also O-Town. Oh my like, gosh! God. I don't know. Was that? But K-pop. Yep. You, you're, I imagine you'll have Shrilatha on to talk about K-pop. Oh, for sure. She's the queen of it. I think I was never into it, one, because I didn't know about it and when I was in my height. All the boy bands I listened to now are like, I loved them as a kid. I'm not super open to new boy bands after One Direction. And even then, they, they never had my heart the way my boy band. Yeah, yeah. And then when I found out what K-pop was, I was like, oh, this stuff's really fun. And then at like an anime convention that I did comedy at, I tried to buy K-pop albums. And I think I was like steered wrong. Oh. And the albums I bought were, like, $40, and it had, like, five songs on it and just, like, a book with pictures of these boys. And I was, like, I'm, like, almost 30 years old. I don't need this. There's only four songs for me to listen in my rental car on the way to the airport. I don't understand this. Well, and because they're and I was all... like, well, they get into contracts when they're nine, and I was, like, this is terrible. And then I saw the Lou Pearlman documentary, and I was, like, oh, the stuff I liked was the same child labor. Yep. Yeah, I just saw... So <laughs>
0: i just saw a documentary about that too and i
1: the lou perlman one yeah oh my do you so there's like a boy band treasure buried somewhere in the bahamas oh i didn't catch that part yeah the one did you see the lance bass documentary i don't think i saw that lance bass produced a documentary called the boy band con okay about lou perlman and his whole like embezzlement and all that stuff yeah but when they caught him they caught him in like the bahamas But they never found his money. He had tons and tons of money stored. They think it was like he was going to the Bahamas to grab his funds to get the hell out before he was sent to prison. But they got him before he got to it. So they think there's like a Lou Pearlman boy band buried treasure like somewhere in the Bahamas.
0: It's probably like in some uh, some like 50 gallon gas
1: (laughs) I imagine squirrels. In like a Goonies style thing, Okay. like some girls talking about, like we have to save our town from this corporation. And one of them's like, my mom said the Backstreet Boys have a treasure. Something like, like some girl like looking through all her Backstreet Boys memorabilia and finding like a treasure map. Ooh, and like we gotta go save the town with the boy band treasure. That's what I imagine. Some sort of like, be- like boy band Goonies find Lou Pearlman's treasure and save the town.
0: I would love to see that happen. That, that that sounds hilarious, and
1: I think that'd be great.
0: Doable, totally doable. I there could be like a string of hints in all those albums. I hope so. you know. If so, I'm gonna start looking, play play the songs backwards. Maybe
1: and play all the boy band songs backwards. Yeah, find uh, the treasure and save the town.
0: Yeah. Um. So, was your worst concert experience the O Town concert that we just talked about, or? no it was still fun okay
1: i don't know that i've ever had like a oh I, the only bad concert experience i've ever had was like we used to go i was into the monkeys for a while wait and, and the monkeys weren't they like originally like a fit fa- were they a band for a tv show sort of yeah so they were but they were also a real band who played like real music and did well not like together remember mtv created a boy band together which i yes. also liked and bought their albums yes but the monkeys like, made real music. But they were trying to capitalize off the success of the Beatles. So they did, yeah. like, a show. So they were, like, it was, like, very meta. It was, like, a show about a band. But they were also a real band. And so I saw them. They used to do free concerts on the Ex- Esplanade. And so I, like, went with my family a couple times. And, like, people would get real mean and, like, shovy and drunk and, like, so we'd just be, like, huddling there. My, my parents would let us bring friends. Oh, wow. So, like, me and my sister, one or two of our friends, and my parents trying to, like, protect us from the throngs of, like, drunk 50-year-olds at the monkeys concerts. Was This must have been, like, at the, hap, the hat shell? The hat yeah, shell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think it was, like, when I was, like, late high school, early college. Yeah.
0: I can't imagine uh, going to an outdoor concert there in Boston. I, I feel like it's all drunk people. <laughs>
1: because there's no, like, assigned seat. So it's, like, people shoving for space and they're nasty to each other. And it was so... We were just like, oh, we're not doing that again.
0: Yeah, no. I, I totally get that. Um, okay, so... We talked about your concerts. And do you think there's, like, an underrated boy band? Like, is there a boy band that didn't get enough, like, playtime?
1: So O-Town had... One of, like, one of the the last big hit of the boy band era was All or Nothing by O-Town. Before the boy bands kind of went away, All or Nothing is a really beautiful song. Everyone just remembers, like, Liquid Dreams, which was gross, and, like, O-Town didn't have a ton of hits, but, like, their songs were pretty good, and I thought they had really good voices. Yeah. So I think O-Town was better. And I think O-Town... I mean, every boy band had a shelf life. Except, weirdly, Backstreet Boys, who are the highest-selling boy band of all time. Oh, wow. didn't necessarily think that. It's just that they had the longevity that no one else had. Like, when NSYNC was done, NSYNC was done. When New Kids was done, New Kids was done for, like, 15 years. And then they've been touring since... Right. For the last, probably, 10 years, the New Kids have been back touring big time. Um like every year consistently touring Backstreet Boys have their residency, but Backstreet Boys never stopped putting out music. The boy band bubble kind of burst and people stopped, you know, like there wasn't like, they weren't on TRL every day. Kevin left the band for a while yeah, um, for years, but they kept putting out albums kind of like the Spice Girls tried after Jerry Halliwell left. Yeah. Uh, But the Backstreet Boys like low key kept turning out music that was, After, like, I think after, like, Millennium and, like, Black and Blue, like, none of them were hugely, like, as big as they were in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. But they've always sold something. Also, they're weirdly, like, their music is very good elevator music, so I wonder if they were just, like, selling their albums to, like, hotel chains to play in their elevators. Probably. I mean... Yeah, they kept pumping out an album, like, every couple of years. Yeah. They just, like, racked up smaller sales... And they were also, they had a longer stretch. Lou Pearlman tested them out in Europe in the early 90s, and they were huge. So then he didn't need to test NSYNC out in Europe for as long. Right. And NSYNC broke away from him first. So I think Backstreet Boys just had the longest span of time where they were putting stuff out.
0: Yeah. I mean, in my mind, it was like uh, NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys kind of peaked the boy band era for me, at least. And then... And then I was a fan of the Jonas Brothers for a
1: little while, but I don't know if they're they're,
0: a boy band.
1: They're Hanson again. They're like, we're brothers who wear purity rings and play our own instruments. And I was like, I don't know about you guys.
0: That, uh, that is true. The purity ring thing I find extremely comical because like that was definitely their parents pushing that on them. That was not their, uh, I mean, you know,
1: and I was already done, I think by boy, like my boy band, again, when I was little, it was like, my babysitter's cool. This is a cool thing. Yep. And then Jordan Knight was my first love, obviously. Yep. And the boy bands went away. And then, so I, you know, was listening to, I, we're, I, salt and Peppa and TLC. That's when I was into, like, girl groups. Yep. And then the boy bands came back and I was like, girl groups, I gotta go. Yeah. And I was like, here, the boys are back. And the boy bands came back and I was like, although I never stopped listening. TLC was always, I was never into Spice Girls, but like, the like early 90s R B and rap girl groups were like very very cool well and they were and big some fun. yeah um but I, yeah.
0: do you think that your like obsession and interest in boy bands plays into your comedy at all like whether
1: i mean i do a lot of jokes about it for sure
0: for sure but like do you think like did you start stand up for anything like did you say say like oh I love watching these guys perform I would love to also be a performer or like
1: no that's from watching like comedy central in the afternoons coming home from school watching like premium blend and stuff like that and just like being like oh this looks really fun and then my friend I was like that'd be cool my friends were like you should do it and I was like I didn't know it was a thing like I didn't know open mics I thought you just appeared on tv one day I didn't know like you could pursue comedy and then I was like oh I'll just do that Yeah, But I think the the reason I still love boy bands, I think, you go back to what you loved as a kid, I think, because it brings you comfort and happiness. There's a nostalgia, right? Yeah, absolutely. I loved boy bands when I was little, and then in middle school, when things just suck and are hard, just as a per, like, you know, it's hard to have friends, and nobody likes you, and you feel bad about yourself, like, middle school is just a terrible time. And then the boy bands came back, and I was like, oh my god, the boy bands are back, during this difficult time and I just loved them and they kept putting out great stuff. And then, so as an adult, when they started kind of coming back, yeah, new kids came back probably 10 or when I was in grad school, new kids did a, a concert at my school and then they did one with Backstreet Boys. They toured together for a little while. So I was like, this is great. Like I was like, I live far away from home and grad school's tough. And I was like, wow, they're back. And this is so cool. So I, it was the nostalgia of, like, oh, this is a thing I always loved, and now it's back, and that's so great.
0: Well, and I think that's why a lot of them, like, came back, is because they knew that there was a group of people that probably had, like, their own money at that point to, like, go revisit their yeah. childhood, you know, favorite band. Oh, and it's
1: got a huge market. They've done the Backstreet Boys residency was hugely – and, again, Britney did a residency at that time. Jay, so, like, a lot of the people, like, there became this, like, fun – like let's bring back the music of of the early 2000s kind of thing all together in vegas um yeah but that even new and new kids did it before they did too i think again i think they built on new kids success i think they saw new kids come back and were like hey there's a market for this backstreet boys toured with new kids to feel that out Yep, it worked out really well people were still interested in seeing them I think NSYNC would come back, too, if Justin Timberlake wasn't so successful on his own.
0: Yeah, but he's just too successful. I don't think it's going to... Oh, he's an anti-vaxxer now, too. Oh, really? Oh, wait, isn't that because he's married to Jessica Biel,
1: right? Yeah, but I think he's too successful on his own to agree to an NSYNC reunion. Yeah. Although it may change. There may come a point where he's like, hey, we can make money doing this. Backstreet Boys, new kids are doing it. Brittany did her residency. Like, there's no reason. Christina Aguilera's a, a coach on the voice. Like, there's no, like, there's a big market for our brand of, like, you know, poppy nostalgia from the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Why not capitalize on that? Give the people what they want.
0: I mean, I think that there's the same people that like the back. I mean, I don't know. There was a, 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 a fight at least with my generation of people where it was like, you either liked the Backstreet Boys or you liked NSYNC. But I think that a lot of the same people liked both bands and would go see both of them now.
1: Well, so Lou Pearlman designed that on purpose. Yeah, 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 to yeah. Push them. He was like, well, NSYNC's doing this. Well, Backstreet Boys doing this. To kind of push them to work harder. Lou Pearlman manufactured that. And it's also part of, so they didn't notice that he was stealing from them. It's that whole like people in charge Put the peons against each other so that they don't look up and say, "Hey, we're not screwing each other. Yeah. That person's screwing us." Yeah, Tom and Ted, Those in charge. So Lou Pearlman pitted them against each other so they had a rivalry, so that they wouldn't notice that he was stealing all their money. But I think now, well, they all did a. There was a movie with a bunch of boy band guys called Dead Seven. It was like a zombie western or something. And a bunch of the guys from, like, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and O-Town were all in it. I think maybe one of the guys from LFO. like... But a lot of the boy band guys kind of, like, from that time period know each other and pal... Are like, are friendly with each other and have a good rapport.
0: Yeah, they're probably all... I mean, they manufacture, yeah, like you yeah. said. Yeah, but they're I mean, all
1: they're in... All the, yeah. They're, I think they all survived Lou Pearlman, too, so I think that kind of bonds people. Like, we we're all under the oppressive thumb of this a-hole and Yeah. Like,
0: I forgot that he like basically created so many of these boy bands, right? Like without, I mean, I, I don't so, think.
1: Yeah. So he was inspired by Maurice Starr because he was working for like a private jet company and the new kids had rented out this private jet. And he was like, how did these teenage boys rent out this private jet? Yeah. And so he found out who they were and looked them up and was like, oh, I could do this. And so he was, he was in Orlando, there were kids auditioning all the time for like Mickey Mouse Club and all sorts of Disney shows and stuff. So he did an audition for Backstreet Boys and they got started early too. I don't think people remember, like they came out in like 96, 97 here, but he started because I was middle school when NSYNC came out later middle school, Backstreet Boys was early middle school for me and I'm 35. So, like, 96, they hit here. But he brought them to Europe first to test it out. Right. So he started putting them together, like, right after New Kids broke up. So people think there's, like, a big... Not people think... Not the people, you know, like, think about boy bands that much. But there appears to be this huge, like, large span of time between, like, New Kids and then when Backstreet Boys and NSYNC came along. Yeah. But there really wasn't. Like, New Kids broke up in, like, 91. Lou Pearlman was already starting to put together the boy band doing the rehearsals for Backstreet Boys, doing the auditions and everything in, like, 92, 93, shipped him over to Europe for a couple of years, saw how that went. They made tons of money, brought him back here. As soon as he saw that Backstreet Boys were successful, he started working on NSYNC. Yeah. So, like, throughout the whole 90s, Lou Pearlman was putting together... He had his pipeline, band. yeah. For, like, a good decade, Lou Pearlman was putting together these boy bands. Yeah. That's insane to me. Because, like... I- and Cowell put together One Direction, One Direction, right? Thinking This format works. I wonder if it still does. And they were really successful. But again, they all have a shelf life. They all put out like two or three albums and then break out or break up is kind of a, well, cause it's, it's like a, you have like a good five years, except the Backstreet Boys, they went longer, but most boy bands have like a good chunk of like three to five years.
0: Yeah. And I can only imagine that if you're like, I don't know, 16 or whatever when you start in a boy band and then you're stuck with the same group of like four dudes you, you don't want to like and you're traveling the country and the world with them i could see it only being like two to three albums and then you're like i'm done
1: well and i think part of it too is they had these managers and everything i think when they became adults they were like we're not seeing any of this money yeah like, what am i doing especially with lou perlman you know lance bass said after they had like they had like the number one single number one album in the country they didn't get paid for like a long time. It took him like, sick like a year or two before they saw any money, and he brought them all out to like a fancy steak dinner to give them their checks. And they turned them over, and it was like for a full year's work, they each got like ten thousand dollars or something. That's it. And they were. It might have been even lower, but like it was a full year of work. They were each expecting like a hundred grand or something, because they had the number one album in the country. And it was like a pittance, and they were like, This isn't even minimum weight. Like, we've been busting our ass doing dance rehearsals in an airplane hangar in 100 degree heat in Florida. Yeah. We've been working seven days a week doing radio ads, overnight flight. Like, we've been working nonstop without a break for like two years, and you give us nothing.
0: I can't imagine that the parents were, like, on board with that, though.
1: But a lot of the parents were from poorer areas. You think the Carter parents were doing great? No, they still aren't doing well. No, they're... So I think they... they He preyed on boys who were more vulnerable and parents who didn't have money. Yeah. And the boys, you know, and i it was easier to get the NSYNC boys after the success of Backstreet Boys. Sure. Because they're like, look, he created the Backstreet Boys. You guys are going to be the next Backstreet Boys like, yeah, he'd done it successfully. They didn't know that he was taking all the Backstreet Boys money. So I think when they became adults, they were like, this guy is creepy. There's, there's talk that he may have, you know, been sexually abusing some of the boys, like, have them all live in a house together with him. Like, so I think they were like, this is, this is a person I don't want in my life anymore. And I, if he owns the name, if he owns all our stuff, we're out of, like, I think people get to a point when they're adults and they're like, I want to choose what I do with my life. I've made enough money and I'm tired of this lifestyle of traveling around, living in hotels and tour buses. Yeah. Doing 6am radio shows and then doing a concert until midnight and then flying to another country and doing it again the next day. I think it sounds really glamorous from the outside, but I think when you've spent all your teen years doing that, you don't have much of a childhood. Yeah, you don't have a
0: childhood and you're, like, only socializing with the people that you're, like, forced to be around.
1: Right. So I think, like, you don't have a school experience. You don't have your first girlfriend who you, you know, like, you are bopping to a different country and a different, you're living out of airplanes and suitcases. Yeah. I think it sounds really glamorous and fun, but I think if you're doing all that and making less than minimum wage, I think at some point you're like, I'm done.
0: Yeah, I I totally get it when you explain it that way, because before you're like, oh... They get to be in, a, in, like, the biggest boy band ever, and then you're like, no, they have to, like... Like, right. the morning radio, that's got to be rough.
1: So, yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot harder than it looks. I think it looks really glamorous from the outside. But when you're being paid garbage, and you're being mistreated by your boss, yeah, and you can't have friends or a social life, and you miss holidays with your family, I think at some point you're like, I'm tired and I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Well, we're coming towards the
0: end here. Do you I just ha- got
1: my lighting.
0: Oh, you just got your lighting. <laughs> um, do you, after post-quarantine, do you have yeah. any plans to, like, go to any concerts when we're able to, like, do things again?
1: So I had tickets for Backstreet Boys in September and New Kids on the Block in September. Oh. Backstreet Boys has been postponed to next July. Okay. Uh, New Kids has not yet, so I don't know what's happening with that. They keep saying there. there's no way there's going to be a concert at Fenway Park in September. Like it's just not happening.
0: There's no way. I mean, I can't, if, it, if you said the TD garden, I would say it's definitely not happening. I, I can't imagine that they're going to be like outdoor concerts are allowed. Like
1: there's no way. No, we're not. Yeah. No. So I, I would assume maybe next summer I'll get to go to both of those concerts hopefully. So not, do you have horse plans when quarantine is over? I started taking
0: horseback riding lessons again. So, did. yeah, horseback riding is actually very easy to social distance with because you are like on a horse and you're supposed to be like pretty far away from other horses anyway.
1: crash into people.
0: Yeah. So that's good. Um, Emily, do you have anything that you want to plug?
1: So, I am doing a show um, at the Wood Barn Comedy um that's coming up on the 25th i believe of july okay an outdoor show. Josh, da- josh, josh and sarah day are producing it um they're doing a very good job i'm very excited so they're doing an outdoor show socially distanced everyone has to wear masks required and they have a different sanitized microphone for each comic it's the best i've seen it done in yeah
0: that's the way to do it because you see these open air mics people are doing and they're all using the same microphone.
1: Yeah, and it's right here. There's no way it doesn't get, like, spittle and stuff all over it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they hand it to the next person. The mic is for sure the germiest thing there. 100%. passed be between comics. So I love that they thought of, like, nope, we're going to take that out of the equation and keep everybody safe. So they're doing, I think, the best job as far as health and safety of of any of the shows I've seen so far. So I'm really, really excited about getting up on stage in front of safely distanced masked people with a clean microphone that's good that's exciting yeah so i think it's i think it's gonna be good i'm pumped yeah i don't want i don't want to be too pumped because i'm like well comedy can wait until it's safe but when it's the summer we can take advantage of being able to do outdoor shows yeah done safely giddy up yeah why not i mean like giddy up is the name of an nsync song
0: thank you is it oh (laughs) Well, maybe we
1: should just end there.
0: Emily, it's been so much fun having you on the podcast. I honestly, you taught me a lot more about boy bands than I even knew.
1: My head is full of all sorts of useless knowledge. Yeah. Well, it's not useless. I mean. I mean, I don't know when you're going to need it. But if you ever do, it's there now.
0: (laughs) Well, you guys have been listening to The Gimme with uh, me, your your. Our scroll host, Kathleen Tomorrow. Uh, tune in next week for another episode.